Hi, this episode has to do with suicide, suicidal thoughts, and suicidal feelings. If you are not in a place where this is something you want to hear, not ready to hear, um, if you're having suicidal feelings and thoughts, I have the number for Suicide Prevention Hotline in the show notes. I suggest you stop this now and give them a call. The reason for this topic is the many, many emails I receive from people who are battling tremendously with suicidal thoughts. It's very difficult to give advice on this, and when people are in it, advice really doesn't seem to help. And with the huge stigma um, about this topic, nobody's really talking about it. So I figured the best way to address um, the emails that I'm getting is, even though I wasn't really ready to, was to uh, share my experiences with this topic. The stigma, the judgment, the ridicule, the shame, the fear, the humiliation um, with admitting that you've had these thoughts and how powerful they are and how weak you feel. And it's just really hard for people to put out there. And I know there are a lot more people who uh, suffer in silence with it. And I was one of them um, until this episode anyway. So again, if you're not ready and this is something you do not want to hear or are not in a good space, just stop this now. We will see you on the next one. So here it is and um, hope it helps. Thanks. This is a difficult topic. Um, I've gotten quite a few emails um, about people talking about suicide. And there's a hopelessness in those thoughts and feelings when they come. I was about nine or ten, and my grandparents were staying with us. One of them wasn't feeling well, and I was sleeping on a army cot in the hallway for a couple of months. And I wanted somebody to feel as bad as I had felt. And that's the first memory I have of suicidal thoughts. I wasn't, uh, I thought that I was sleeping in that sleeping bag on that cot, that if I curled down to the bottom and had closed the top of the bag, I wouldn't have woken up in the morning. I was too young and not smart enough to realize that it wasn't like a plastic bag. It was breathable. And I remember the thought clearly, maybe now they would know how much I hurt. 
And obviously I'm here, so, you know, I woke up and I was surprised and I realized that um, it was going to take a lot more effort than that to check out. And they came from time to time, but at that point I was drinking and taking pills to kind of chase it away. And the aftermath of it was I started to think about if I really wasn't here, what would I have missed? You know, did I have a purpose here? So I kept away from those thoughts. And I kept away from it by working and drinking and drugging and chasing women and chasing status and just running as fast as I could to keep away from it. Because the emotional hangover of that kind of scared me I didn't want to I didn't want to feel that what I felt on that cot in that sleeping bag ever again so I kept pretty fucking busy my entire life I was not one that could sit still I always had to keep my mind occupied with projects or thoughts or you know, figuring stuff out. I always like to figure stuff out. Like I kept my brain digging. It just kept digging, you know? How does this work? How does that work? Let me start this project. I, you know, I'll spend six months on this or three days on that. There was just always something that kept me away from those thoughts and feelings. They were extremely powerful, extremely strong, and I could not think or talk myself out of it. And I spent a good portion of my life that way. Um, you know, the first time I ended up in AA, um, I kind of immersed myself in it. So that was my project. My project was staying sober. I never really went into any feelings. I just kind of mechanically managed sobriety for quite a long time. And I got used to being sober. I got used to not mood altering. I got, I found other ways to keep from the thoughts and the feelings of being empty because I knew they were in there and I knew they crept up, even if it wasn't consciously at the time. Work became my drug of choice. I worked really hard at whatever I did. I created a business and, you know, that kept me busy 16 hours a day, six days a week. You know, I really didn't do much else. It was just focus on building and creating and, you know... I just thought I was driven, but I was avoiding very strong and powerful and often non-negotiable feelings. And I did not think subconsciously, I guess, that I was going to be stronger than those thoughts and those feelings. And if I slowed down, I would succumb to them and check out. 
And I obviously didn't want to do that because I did stay sober. I did stay busy and I stayed moving towards a better life. And, you know, it worked. It worked for a long time. I, I did not go there for decades. And then there was a period where it had lost, I lost my business, I lost my life savings, I lost my house, my wife, and my kids half the time. And I had met somebody right around that time when it was crumbling, and it was this oasis in a desert of loss. <laughs> and we did real good together. And I enjoyed every moment of it. And we had set up our lives where we did not want to be apart and we were going to move in together and combine families and live happily ever after. And 45 minutes after we made that decision, when we were away on vacation, she had got hit by a car. Um, I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that I couldn't find her. And frantically looking and driving around and she just never showed up. And upon calling the police, I'd found out that she was um, in a hospital almost dead. And that was a long road to recovery. She didn't know who I was. And, you know, you could just imagine the, the shitstorm going on emotionally. And we ended up... Um, parting ways and I went to a place of not feeling I threw away 17 years of sobriety I <laughs> just started chasing everything I ran faster than I had ever run before and I had never lived a point in my life where I was unable to feel emotions or empathy, or sympathy, or anything. It was chasing the high, chasing women, chasing a good time, chasing excitement, chasing recklessness. <sighs> anything but normalcy. Anything where there wasn't chaos. I needed constant chaos. And that too ran its course. And I got tired. I got tired of the games. I got tired of the people. I got tired of the scene, the circuit, the, the craziness that I was living. I was living the life of a 17-year-old addict in a 40-something-year-old body. And, you know, you don't recover um, blackout drinking like... You did when you were 17 and 22, when you were in your 40s. And I just couldn't do it anymore. 
and all the feelings that I had run from my whole life, and then the loss of all of that, the house, the money, the family, the kids, the cars, the business, and then the woman after, all in 18 months. I never had a chance to process any of that. And it hit me hard. And it hit me real hard. And it was too much to process. And I just completely backed out of life. I was a walking zombie. Just couldn't understand what was going on inside of me. You know, if I was smarter, I would have intellectually stopped and said, um, tremendous amount of loss, less than a year and a half, plus the tra unresolved trauma from childhood. Maybe this is normal to be feeling this way, but I just beat the shit out of myself. I was a misery. I couldn't get off the couch. I wanted nothing to do with anybody or anything. I had lost all my motivation. The only thing that kept me going was I have my kids half the time. And knowing that I would have to see them kept me going. I would save up all my energy for when they came. And I would pretend to somehow get through it so that they wouldn't know. But they knew. Everybody knew. You couldn't hide it as much as I tried and as young as they were. <laughs> I just couldn't. And then it got worse. I was completely paralyzed. I couldn't move. I couldn't function. Two and a half hours sitting there debating about how to get up and get a glass of water. Because that just felt more than I could possibly handle. And I just thought I was going to feel that way the rest of my life. So it was in limbo, right? So I wasn't mood altering. And I wasn't running from the feelings that were always there. They were always there. I wasn't strong enough to look at them. I wasn't smart enough to face it. I wasn't a lot of things. But one thing I was always was frightened. You would have never known it if you knew me. I just always lived in fear. But I masked it by putting on a happy smile and pretending I was something that I wasn't. And I know I went a long way to, to get to the the point here the point is with all the emails that I've been getting from people I did not want to tell this story I don't it's just not a story that I really want wanted to tell I don't feel like I was ready to tell I was hoping to never tell <laughs> but those those emails just really, they're really just so, I feel like why, if I'm not, what am I doing if I'm not sharing this? Somebody needs to benefit, right? 
once I started sitting with those and the paralysis set in and the doom and gloom and what's the point? I'm never going to feel any better. Nothing worked anymore. Not chasing money, not chasing a high, not chasing women, not chasing a good golf score, nothing. Nothing. I knew with every inch of my being that nothing outside of myself was going to make me feel any better. But I didn't know how to go inside. And then I was presented with a situation where I'd felt very trapped. Um, I was being pushed to a place that I did not want to go. I didn't have the strength or the energy to fight the battle. But I also didn't want to roll over either. And under this pressure, I was taken to a place a long time ago that I had no conscious memory of. And there was this, it was the place I've always needed to go. It was the memory I needed to have because I didn't know where to look to heal. And I spent four hours reliving extreme trauma. And there was a freedom in that at some point later on. But what happened directly after that was those suicidal thoughts and those suicidal feelings. And they were there. And I tried to, you know, you're like, oh, don't think about that. Hold on. Let's go, uh, let's go look at the lawn. Let's go look at the buildings. Let's go do something. We cannot acknowledge that this is here. We cannot go back to this place. And with this new information, I did not know if I wanted to continue on. I checked myself into a hotel one night to face it, to face the thoughts and the feelings, to decide if I wanted to stay here or not. I had to think it through. <laughs> I ended up feeling it through because the thoughts were I didn't want to be here. The feelings were I didn't want to be here. And I sat for hours putting it off just another second, just another minute. I stood at that line and I just was there with it I didn't try to analyze the thoughts I didn't try to think about 
how to do it, how not to do it. I just sat there and I let those thoughts be. I let them take me over. And I allowed myself to experience them. It was so painful and so difficult. And the seconds <laughs> felt like days. Just one more minute, and that felt like days and weeks. And how am I handling this? I am absorbing all of the pain and suffering I went through. And I allowed it to come up, and I allowed myself to feel it. And I just kept feeling it. I didn't attach to it. I didn't think myself down this hole. I just let it be. And after a few hours, it subsided. It wasn't as strong. It wasn't as intense. I was emotionally raw and completely exhausted and weak, and vulnerable, and exposed. But I was alive. And over time, handing in that room, <laughs> that room key in the morning and getting back to, to life and slowly processing that evening, What ended up happening was there was a strength that was built. I didn't give in to it. I didn't push it away. I didn't distract. I just sat and let it beat the shit out of me for hours. I, in a sense, became the helpless victim that I had always felt. And I allowed myself to feel the things that scared me the most. And then a strength started to build a little at a time. And the processing of that event made me realize that I am not my thoughts. I don't have to attach to every feeling. I'm stronger than I thought I was. I am more powerful than my thoughts and my feelings. My soul wants me to continue on. My soul wants me here. It doesn't give a shit what I thought or what I felt. I let it kick my ass. I stood up, I brushed myself off, and I walked with that open wound until it slowly closed and turned into a scar and faded. It's still there, but I don't fear it 
like I once did. I'm not afraid of it coming up. I don't sit in panic and terror waiting for it to come back. If it comes back, I'll just beat it again. And I couldn't have known that unless I just beat it the first time. Those thoughts and those feelings are like fucking bullies in the schoolyard. If you don't stand there toe-to-toe, the torment will last so much longer. The fear will always be there. You stand up to a bully, he may kick the shit out of you. But you get a couple of good shots and he's going to think twice before he comes back at you. And that's what it felt like for me. It kicked my ass. But I'm not afraid of it anymore. There's a healing in it. There's a healing in going into those feelings. I am not suggesting anybody else go the path that I went to. I'm just simply saying you are not your thoughts and your feelings. And there is something amazing below them. And I don't get to go there as often as I'd like. But that place shows up every once in a while. When it does, a big-ass smile comes on my face. And I can tell you this, since that event, those smiles show up more than they ever did before. The real ones, not that bullshit fake stuff that you do to cover up the pain. I've been doing this work a long time. I couldn't have started out in that hotel room. I had to peel away layer after layer, year after year, slowly building up that strength. This work you can't rush. It's going to happen in its time as long as you keep moving in that direction. Slowly push yourself just a little bit out of your comfort zone and start building strength with uncomfortability. Uncomfortable feelings are always going to be there. Nobody is going to live in this world, on this planet, and not experiencing them. The difference is knowing that you can handle and deal with it and not be completely overwhelmed. We're completely overwhelmed already from where we came from and what happened, that we never processed them, we never felt them. We have this world of incredibly shitty feelings and emotions inside of us that we can't handle anymore. It's a balloon that you're blowing up and it's at its limit and you feel like if you take one more breath, if you put one more emotion into it, it is going to pop. They have to come out of you and it has to start slow and you have to be kind 
and gentle with yourself. Learn how not to fear your body, how not to fear your thoughts, and how not to fear your emotions. They are not all of you. They are a part of you and they do not run your soul. The fear we have limits us, puts us in directions that we don't want to be in, limits our life. I cut those feelings off at age 10 with alcohol and pills. And I reintegrated them back in decades later. I feel more whole, more complete, stronger, more competent than ever before. I went through a shitload of pain to get there. And it sucks that we have to go through this to get to where we want to be. Avoiding isn't the answer. And you know what? If somebody told me this is what you had to do when I was 23, I would have never been able to do it. I wouldn't have listened. I could have found the softer, easier way. Tried everything I could think of. And it all led me alone in a hotel room. It doesn't have to get to that point. Find somebody you can talk to. Find somebody you can do this work with. You're worth it and you're needed here. You're worth it. And if you haven't heard it lately, I'm telling you, you're worth it. Do the work. Put the time into yourself. If you're not going to do it, nobody's going to do it for you. You got this. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I hope uh, I hope you got as much out of it as I did. And um, I think now it's time for my um, emotional hangover. So I'm going to go take care of that. And you go take care of yourself. Thanks.